When we win on November 8th and elect a Republican Congress, we will be able to immediately repeal and replace Obamacare. I will ask Congress to convene a special session so we can repeal and replace. And we will do it, and we will do it very, very quickly. Well, there you have it. And fortunately, it's time for Healthcare in America with our senior correspondent, Donna Smith. Donna, welcome, and thanks, as always, for being with us. Why, thank you. It's good to be here, although I, I, I'm not sure I love hearing Donald Trump's voice intro me, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's the worst part of it is just having to hear that dude say anything yeah. for the next four years. I don't care what it is. It is true. So but here we are, Donna, the day's come for Republicans to do what they tried to do 60 times before, and that's repeal Obamacare. So take us through this step by step. What, what's this going to look like? Well, it looks to us like they're proceeding with this idea of repeal and delay. Which is so cowardly, by the way. It is. No, you're right. It is cowardly. It, you know, it's uh, one of these where they throw the ball to their supporters who they think want it repealed, but it actually doesn't take effect until after the next congressional election, at least, or until even after the next presidential election, which I always think is dishonest when folks do that. What they're planning to do, at least at this point, is take hits at the Affordable Care Act and and really critical parts of it, piece by piece in the budget reconciliation uh, process, where they'll defund certain parts of it. For instance, the subsidies that are paid to people to help them buy insurance on the exchanges, or, you know, taking that out. And the problem with this kind of piecemeal repeal is that the Affordable Care Act, there's no one part of it that just stands on its own. It is one, it's a law that each part is intricately laced to the last part in case we've all forgotten how long it took them to get it done in the first place. Well, so that's why, is it possible for them to uh, repeal some parts of it and not replace it? Is that a, you know, they can... Well, I suppose it's possible to to repeal certain portions of it and replace parts of it, but the reality is, let's let's say, for instance, they want to get rid of the mandates. They don't want people to be required to purchase insurance. They don't even really want employers required to provide insurance to employees. So if you take that portion of the Affordable Care Act, which they say is very unpopular with Americans, but if you take away that mandate to buy insurance, that's what helps the insurance companies feel like they wanted to invest in covering people with pre-existing conditions, take away the lifetime caps on benefits, those kinds of provisions. It was a trade-off for them. You give us the guarantee that people will sign up healthy and not so healthy, and we will cover the people who aren't so healthy and the people who are older. That was the trade-off in the law. So now that they're talking about those repealing just certain unpopular parts of it, you end up having the insurance companies object. You end up having providers certainly object because they ramped up and changed the processes by which they were delivering health care to reflect what was required in the law. Anytime there's a huge change, we saw this when they installed the ACA, is Mm -hmm. that the insurance companies just raise the premiums and blame it on the politicians. And so, of course, they're going to have another opportunity to do that now, unless I'm, I mean, isn't that what they're going to do with this? Well, of course, absolutely. What other option can there be for them? The other problem that many of us see in this 
repealing just portions of the law is that the insurance companies will stop. Many of them have already stopped selling on certain state exchanges, but many of them will just say, that's it, we're off. If, you know, if the reality is that there's a number of places where people are not required to purchase insurance, it may be more profitable and make more sense for an insurance company just not to bother. Mm -hmm. So they may decide, you know, for instance, Humana's already out in terms of Colorado, but maybe, you know, maybe Blue Cross will decide, that's it, we don't want to be here anymore either. It's not, it doesn't behoove us to do that. So you end up with this instability in the insurance market that is always bad. It's not bad for the insurance companies always because they figure out how to make money. We know. We've seen that. Who it's bad for is the people who have to rely on those insurance companies, which isn't just patients, although that's what we worry about most, is the patients and what happens to people who are ill. But it is also providers who worry about it, who wonder whether or not people who are ill will come to them with a source of payment in the form of an insurance policy. Why do they want to repeal Obamacare or the ACA? Is it just because it's Obamacare? It's ideology, absolutely. That's part of it, that it's Obamacare, obviously, because it was first written in Massachusetts by a Republican governor. They liked enough to run for president. It was Romney care. I used to call it Rombamacare when we were first going about it, because the reality was it was drafted by Republicans. So now when the Dems put it forward on the national level, they decided they were going to hate it and hate it big, and they've been voting to repeal it more than 60 times since 2010 they voted to repeal it. You would have thought they would have spent some of that time developing an alternate plan that they wanted to put forward. But the reality is it's all politically motivated at this point. They believe and they say they have a mandate from the American people to do this. It's not true. The Kaiser Family Foundation yesterday released results of a a very recent survey that said only 19%, 19% of those polled believed that the Republicans and or Donald Trump were going to come up with a plan that was equal to or better than the Affordable Care Act. The reality is if we just change certain portions of the Affordable Care Act without moving forward to a better plan, we're going to be in a world of hurt all over again with the health care system. It's already bad enough. We do not need to make it worse. And have they come up with any sort of ideas of like, we will replace this with something else? Or is it all just vagaries at this point? Yeah, it's all vagaries. You're right. And, you know, they'll say, oh, no, 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 we have a plan. We want to be able. We want to open up the marketplace so people can sell across state lines, sell insurance across state lines. We want to make sure that people have health care savings accounts. If, if we can be forgiven for deja vu all over again with all of us, we've gone through this with the U.S. health care system. We've all seen that that does not work. Giving people access to catastrophic coverage and then asking them to have health savings accounts. How many among us? can save the hundreds of thousands of dollars it can require with some illnesses to cover the costs of that. That is just a ridiculous option. It was ridiculous many years ago. It hasn't changed. It is still ridiculous. So the only plans I've seen, Shane, relate to those kinds of very, you know, vague kind of this is what we're going to do to make the market better. And what about the plan that Mike Pence had in Indiana? 
Mike Pence and his plan for Indiana, if you ask most Indiana residents how they felt about, uh, if we could talk about just what they did to Medicaid in Indiana, oh, my goodness. They had this great idea that uh, that people should have more skin in the game. They like to say that. So as a reality, they knew that people on Medicaid are already suffering enough economically that they can't come up with much. So in order to take the federal money from the Medicaid expansion, though, that they wanted very much, Mr. Pence wanted that money. So they want to take that, but they started charging these little premiums and little co-pays to Medicare folks, sometimes as little as a dollar a month. And then if someone would goof and not get the dollar paid or somehow that dollar got lost in the transaction, people often got canceled from their coverage. It ended up costing them an enormous amount of money to administer this skin-in-the-game kind of plan that Mike Pence liked for Indiana. And we, we surmise that that's part of what they want to do with Medicaid going forward. And it's so outrageous. It costs far more to administer that kind of a program to somehow try and make some ideological point that the poor, if they were giving you a dollar a month, would take better care of themselves. It's just a very arrogant, very short-sighted, very uh, anti-public health, certainly in my view, view of how to manage the health care system. And yet these are the people that Donald Trump is installing in this administration who he wants to take a look at health care policy. It is just ridiculous. Well, this is the classic Republican personal responsibility bit that they always throw out there. And it sounds great. And I understand it to some extent, but it's actually just punitive. It's it, it's it's rooted in the whole pull yourself up by the bootstraps religious stuff that the Republicans love to cloak as personal responsibility and free market. And yeah, it's great if the world works that way, but the world doesn't work that way. And we end up paying more because of it. You're right, Shane. I too, I feel that same way that that there, there are some tiny little kernels of truth in how we want to manage um, uh, teaching our, even our teaching our children about personal responsibility. Now, nobody says that personal responsibility is a bad thing. But when you're talking about health care policy, and when you're talking about health care, that it's the wrong place to make a point yes. about personal responsibility. Absolutely. There is nothing irresponsible about getting sick. There is nothing irresponsible about getting hurt. And we have to accept that, that there are many, many families in this country who are living paycheck to paycheck, who have very little money in the bank. And it has nothing to do with not working hard. We can all go over those stats all we want. And imagine when one of those families has something happen where somebody gets sick, somebody gets hurt, and they suddenly have to come up with money. You know, that it, it's a very stressful situation for everybody involved. So health care is the wrong place to play that game. So what can people do to be heard on this issue? Well, I think one of the things, you know, we had at, at PDA, Progressive Dems, this week, one of the things we were doing is Paul Ryan was asking for call-ins to say how many people are in favor of repealing the Affordable Care Act. So we went crazy calling, of course, <laughs> Yay. Uh, Paul Ryan's office to say, and then, of course, the lines were too busy to get through, go figure. And, you know, we all <laughs> wanted to call and say, no, it's not what we want. And we agree with President Obama. When you put, if you put forward something better, that covers more people and does it cheaper and is a better plan. Even President Obama said, I'll be for it. We feel the same way. We will help you. 
as soon as you put forward something that's good. So I say get in touch with your, even Republicans, Democrats, doesn't matter. If your representative is in Congress right now working on this issue or hearing about it, they need to hear from you. And they need to hear beyond. We don't want you to repeal until you have something better to replace it. We do know what the best replacement is, and the best replacement for the Affordable Care Act is Medicare for all. And we have to keep saying that. The American people know it. More than 60% of them support going to that kind of plan. That's a great majority. And the Republicans could score a great victory if they'd just do it. Oh, absolutely. That's the amazing thing about it, is that if they if they would do it, they'd be heroes. Yes. Absolutely. So call your reps. Yes, call write your Write to your reps. Talk to your neighbors. You know, anybody you can think of to reach out to. Uh, January 15th is Bernie and Chuck Schumer and yes. Nancy Pelosi have called for a day of action. So pay attention to NNU's website. Pay attention to PDA's website. Stay involved and stay active so that we can let these folks know we're going to resist them. If they're going to hurt this health care system beyond where it is right now, we want to make it better. Absolutely. So, Donna, as always, a pleasure. And thank you for your work as a health care activist and progressive leader in this country. Thank you very much. We've been talking with Donna Smith, our Healthcare in America senior correspondent. Donna is also the executive director of Progressive Democrats of America. For more information on these topics, visit nursetalkside.com, pda.org, or nnu.org.